Praise the Lord, everyone. Good morning. My name is John Daigle. Uh, it's very good to be here again. It's been many years since uh, I had an opportunity to visit with you. In fact, the uh, first time I met some people from here, there was a struggling pastor here uh, by the name of Horace Hilton. Uh, I think that was around the year 1980 to 82. Any of you go back that far? Uh, uh, my wife and I were living in Kinston at the time. We were part of a Disciples of Christ Church, and they brought Horace up there to, to do a series of meetings on the Holy Spirit. Uh, that was very dangerous for our church. I remember they put him in the fellowship hall, and he did the first uh, several months there. And the crowd began to get, to get so big, it overfilled the fellowship hall. So finally they brought him to the sanctuary, and I'll never forget what Horace said. He said, I finally made it to the Holy of Holies. <laughs> Only his horse could say that. But praise the Lord for his life and his ministry. He had a great, he had a great effect on my life, my wife's life, and our church. And um, So that's just some history of our, of our place here through Myrtle Grove, and just want to honor the Lord by mentioning that also. And then in uh, 1983, I was working down here as a businessman in the, in the Wilmington area. I was going to a full gospel businessmen's lunch meeting that was meeting down here, I think on a weekly basis. Anybody here ever associated with full gospel businessmen know about that? Is Denny Anderson here by chance? Denny here? Not backslidden, are you, Denny? Where are you? <laughs> anyway, he's not here. Just tell him he missed me today. Uh, I uh, traveled with Denny and another member of that church back then by the name of Ron Mowry. We were together. We went to a full gospel businessmen's world convention in Detroit, Michigan, July 1983. Uh, I never will forget it. I was there. And uh, during that time of meeting as a businessman, the Lord supernaturally spoke to me, as only he can do, and called me to go full-time into vocational ministry from the business sector to move into the, the pulpit sector. Uh, little did I realize what impact and that would change in my life through a series of events, how God would lead that. But I tell you, once you sacrifice and give your life surrenderly, fully to the Lordship of Jesus, that really gives him the right to really direct our lives. And, and without that, I, I don't think a commitment can ever really stand because all commitment to me is really based upon full surrender. Can you say amen? amen? It's just a great honor to be here today. Uh, we were scheduled to be here back, but uh, a storm came through back last fall and came into the latter part of the year, and we had to reschedule that. So again, we're just very glad to be here. I'm speaking about the missional church. That's my message today. Uh, my opening text is, comes from Galatians 4, verse 4, and I'll just use a fragment of this verse as my opening text, please. Galatians 4, 4. It says, But when the right time came, God sent forth his Son. I want you to see two words in this verse. You may look at other translations, but this is the translation I chose from to highlight two words. The two words are the word time and the word sent. Both of those have a meaning when you speak about being missional. Because to be missional, it means that God is ascending God. God is not only a God who calls us, God is the same God who sends us. And so whenever God wants to do a work in this earth, and to, to make an impact in the earth, these two factors have to be in play. And you, want to, and you want to recognize when God is moving, both of these must be present. So what you're looking for is a sensing of God's sending. So to be effective in missions, don't just choose a place to go to. Choose a place that God is sending you to. And, and choose a place where God is sending you as a people, as a church to. For example, God has sent you here to Wilmington. Are we, are we in New Hanover County? Is that where we are? I'm a down east boy, a little, a little bit about this place. Uh, but one little side correction. I'm, I'm no longer pastoring. Uh, I'm, I'm an elder now in the same church for about 35 years. We've passed on that to a younger generation now. But we still have a part also in that. But anyway, the second word here is timing. There's two Greek words for the word time. You know these, I'm sure. Chronological is, the, is on your watch. Try not to look at that while I'm speaking, please. 
The second word is kairos, and that's the word for this word here. The word kairos always means it's associated with a God-ordained event. In other words, it's God's timing. God does not operate by chronological time. That's in the earth. But God's timing is his timing. So whenever you can recognize timing and God sending, and you bring these together, there's an impact in this earth by God. And that's the God of missions. And I believe that's the spirit that God wants to put in this church to remind you of. I've not come here to start anything new. I've just come here to refresh you of the calling of God in this house. And, and, to, and to let that rise up again. That the church, this church, I really believe has a missional and an apostolic calling to it. What do I mean by that? If you look at John chapter 9, verse 4. This is my next verse. I must work the works of him who sent me. There's the word sent. While it is day. That's timing. For the night is coming when no one can work. Now we realize this is Jesus speaking. But see, the first verse said that God, in the fullness of time, sent his son to the earth. You know, if I was God today, I probably would have sent him now. Because if he came today, he'd be on YouTube live everywhere. Think about it. But God doesn't do that. Did God choose the wrong timing? Of course not. See, God's focus and God's plans is beyond the concept of our human understanding. Can you say amen? But we have to understand how God really works in this text. Jesus says here, I must work. That means there's a part, us as a church. There's a part, each one of us sitting here today has to play in the plan and purpose of God. Tell the person beside you he's talking about you. Just tell somebody right quick. See, I must work. Jesus says this. I must work. That means there's a part we must play. Then it says this. The works of him. Uh-oh. It's not our work. It's his work. Because that has to be called, sent, and inspired by his spirit. Then it says he sent me. That means to be missional, you must have a commissioning mindset. That we have been sent by the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. That we represent as an ambassador of heaven to be his walking people in this earth. You were sent to this city and this county to make a difference for his kingdom. Hallelujah. And then it says we've been empowered for a specific work. While it is day, that means there's a timing to our mission. God is a God of purpose and everything he does has redemptive purpose. As we approach the ending of this age and prior to the coming of the Lord, I don't know if it's in my lifetime, but maybe in my son's or our grandchildren's lifetime, I believe we're going to see an end time harvest. I fully expect to see a rising of the spirit back in this earth to cause the hearts of men and women all over the place to call upon the name of the Lord. I hope that you have an expectancy here. For God to do something fresh and anew. I know it's great to talk about 30 years ago, but what about the next 30 years if the Lord should tarry? Amen? He is sending forth a missional church today. To be a missional people, you must accept a missional mindset. You see, I really believe that I am not a special person to be called a missionary. Because in the church, when you become a member of his house, his body, every member is a missionary. I'm glad that excites you. Everybody here is a missionary. Why? Because you represent someone else. You don't represent him. You have been sent into your, your neighborhood, your school, your workplace, your retirement community, wherever it may be, God has sent us to represent him. We are on mission. Hallelujah. I'm just reminding you of something you already know. So at home, at work, at school, in the city, in the county, in the state, in the nation, I like that vote you did a while ago. I wish we could vote like that in Washington, D.C. That was so easy. <laughs> Did you hear that, Pelosi? <laughs> anyway, that wasn't in my notes, forgive me. It's amazing what you say to the anointing sometimes, isn't it? Let me share some specific history of how the Lord has done this sending and timing through the ministry. I'm with a missions organization called MTEE. 
ministry to educate and equip, and Myrtle Grove Church. Let me give you some history about this. In 1985, a professor by the name of John McGeorge, he founded what was called Ministry to Yugoslavia. He graduated from Gordon Conwell University Seminary, and he went to the mission field to be a professor in Yugoslavia at a Bible college there. Through a relationship of his, there was another associate pastor in this church who went to seminary with him. I just drew a blank on his name, forgive me. But that was 1985. And so this church became one of the founding original supporting churches of MTEE. 1985. I don't know if you knew that or not. Wow, what a great history right there. It sure is. In 1989, we have the breakup of the Eastern Bloc. Yugoslavia goes into war. That country today is like six different countries. The fall of the Berlin Wall. And Eastern Europe opens up to the gospel. And many of those students that were in John's Bible College in Yugoslavia came out of the Eastern Bloc countries because under communism, they would not let them have seminaries and Bible training schools, but they could send them to Yugoslavia. Well, they graduated and went back and when the wall came down, those people who are now pastors, a call goes out to the West saying, like we call it a Macedonian call, come over here and help us. And so from that being, we started going over there. Let me show you a map of Eastern Europe, just to kind of give you a picture of that right there. That's what the Eastern Bloc looked like right then. So this whole part of the Eastern Bloc opens up right there in that part. That little white dot up in Poland is where my wife and I, we lived up in that part. We were there from 1995 through 2006. In 1992 to 94, MTE relocates from Yugoslavia and goes into Slovakia. And a call comes back to send forth workers. That call, see John McGeorge's sister was in my home church up in Greenville. And John knew the people here in your church were supporting you here. So our call came out. So in 1993, the first time my wife and I, we went on a short-term trip to Slovakia. While we're there, we meet another young couple by the name of Ike and Peggy Laney. Will you stand up, please? You like the way I said young there, don't you? 1993 is when we first met each other. My goodness. So that was a brief time, but see, we were there simply to train. They were, Peggy was training uh, ch children's church, Sunday school teachers and leaders, and we were training leaders and things like that. So we traveled. Little did I realize in that short meeting what God would do in the future at that time. See, we don't have to know the end. We just have to know the next step. If we just know the next step and we'll obey that, then let God do the next one after that. So there's someone here today thinking about trying to figure out your future. Let it sit. Just obey the next step. And if you'll do that, I promise you, God will lead you in the path. Because he doesn't always show us the full finish. Because if he showed us, we couldn't handle it. Why? Because it's always bigger and better than us. That's how God does things. Do you understand that? So in 1995, we answered the call. We move over to Slovakia. We start living there. And then uh, we relocate into Poland. And McGeorge has come back to the U.S. to establish the U.S. office. Peggy became active on the board of directors of MTE during that time, primarily in the area of developing children's ministry in local churches. And at that time, our purpose of our organization was to equip national leaders for ministry. And this was done primarily through starting local church Bible schools, training leaders, translation, and publishing of books. In 1996, it was a significant year of timing, again, for what the Lord was doing there. In August of 96, I made my first visit to a place called Dnieper, Ukraine. See, when you travel in that part of the world, it's a little bit different. I took a train from Poland to Kiev. It was a fast train. It only took 24 hours. <laughs> then I took another train from Kiev to Dnieper. They, I had a bed to sleep in because it took 10 hours through the night. 
See, how we like to do things fast here isn't always the way God operates. I hate to tell you this, in heaven there won't be any microwaves. Because God doesn't do things on the schedule of, of humanity. But I met a young lady in 1996, a young 18-year-old single girl who started working in the, at the printing press of our office we had established there. Valya Grinchuk, would you please stand? 1996, we met each other. It became very evident to us that the Lord had opened a wide door of ministry into Eastern Europe but also, there was great adversary. See, because whenever God opens the door, see, there's two, several things we have to understand. Number one, it's our part to walk through it. But we all also have to understand, it's not going to be a cakewalk. There's going to be opposition. Because there is an enemy out here. And we have to recognize that. The important thing is, did God open the door? And did God send you through it? Because if he did, obey that and start moving. So in three years, we had grown from three Bible schools. John McGeorge, listen to this, he labored for seven years and had three Bible schools. I go over there behind him, okay? I throw some water on his seed. And in five years, we went from three Bible schools in three different countries to over 75 schools, seven languages. Let me show you this slide right here in 10 nations, right there. So there's all the different countries. You can see, maybe you see the numbers. We had five schools in Poland, 15 in Belarus, 35 in the Ukraine. That was our biggest one. Moldova, Romania, Slovakia, Hungary, Croatia, and Bulgaria was there also. And God was moving, but only God can, can, can give growth like that. See, our part is to sow the seed and water the seed, but the Bible says it's God who brings the increase. Amen? Don't take credit for the increase. It all belongs to Him. But there is a part we have to do in this. I remember telling the board of MTE we need another missionary teacher to come and live in Ukraine because the schools began to transform and there was a great need for academic involvement there. So now, again, the timing of the Lord. And the part, listen to this, the part that MT had with Myrtle Grove comes back again. Because Peggy Laney was on the board. She shared this in your, I don't know how she shared it here, but I know Peggy, she found a way to share it somehow. <laughs> now, why are you laughing? <laughs> and Pe there was an elder here in the, in the church by the name of Paul Schatzberger. Anybody remember Paul Schatzberger and Susan? Okay, he was a professor at UNCW. And so she shares it with them, and through the blessing of your church, you release Paul. Paul. Paul came over for one year, and he took over the academic development of our ministry there in the Ukraine. He had a PhD degree. See, I'm not that clever. It wasn't my gift. See, sometimes you have to recognize your gift is for a certain season, for a certain time, and, and, and get out of the way so God can bring the next gift. It's not about us, it's about him. You hear me? So Paul comes over and they lived there for seven years. And during that time, our education ministry multiplied in growth, not only in students, but in national teachers training throughout those nations. The entire work in Ukraine would be turned over to nationals. Listen to this. So far, just in the Russian-speaking countries alone, we have over 5,000 people have graduated in over 200 churches. Can we give God thanks for that right there? I'm here to tell you there's a part that this church has played in missions, especially in our ministry. And today we want to honor our Lord by honoring one of his servants, Peggy Laney, for her 30 plus years of service and sacrifice towards training nationals and reaching the next generation. Now, Peggy, I know you very well. You're gonna be very uncomfortable with what happens next, but you're not in charge of this service today. So I just need you to sit there and cooperate, please. Did I say that with a smile? At this time, 
I would ask, like to ask Valya Grinchuk to come and share. She, she, your church supports her admissions now. She's been with our ministry for over 22 years. She, her husband now just got a green card, and they live in Atlanta, Georgia. Would you make her welcome, please? Give her the microphone. Yes, uh, in God's time, everything happened. You know, um, sometimes God is surprising you. You know, He surprised our family. You know, and we have a little surprise coming in April. You know, we have a baby boy. <laughs> so, and <clears throat> we will have, and it's like big surprise. And we pray for this during the 10 years. And God decided to surprise me in my 40th of birthday. <laughs> so it's like a big surprise for us. But I want to thank you, church, you know, for being so faithful to our ministry and to our people. You know, and I want to thank Peggy, you know, for developing uh, such a good team in Ukraine. You know, the one strong side, you know, of your church that you send Peggy and you pray for her, and she done a lot of <clears throat> stuff for us. You know, she built a team. Also, she she did through through her God make some curriculum for Sunday school teachers. You know, also we develop women's ministry. Also, we serve. <coughs> the teacher's wife you know we have a lot of teacher in our ministry and we done the teachers conference for them and for traveling around ukraine because ukraine <coughs> she's a big country you know from one point to another point it's taking 36 hours you know to travel you know and she was travel with the missionaries of your team you know with people who is come to this church and some of them you was in Ukraine and you ministered to my country. You know, I want to thank your church for input and for giving some kind of um, uh, support for this and, and for developing a lot of stuff in our country. You know, and we believe that it will be some continuum. You know, we believe because in our country we need some we still need some missionaries to come. You know, we still need some cooperation. But I want to thank you very much for the faithfulness that Peggy has to our country. Because right now, this team, what, she, what God put her to build, it's ministry to our countries and other countries with Slavic language. You know, we, <coughs> we had some kind of conference in Atlanta. You know, in Atlanta, we have around 600 people in our church. It's Slavic. It's from 70 nations. You know, it's, uh, and also it's other schools, you know, other, other churches around the United States from Soviet Union block. You know, and we invite you to be with us, and we want to thank you, Peggy, for developing us and to be the spiritual authority and spiritual friend and spiritual mother for our country. Thank you very much, Vivian. Next, I'd like to uh, call up Melanie Adams. Melanie and I are from the same home church. Melanie's been with MTE uh, since 1995, joining me and Eileen. And I call her my little sister because uh, we've been together so long in the same church. She came over and, and joined us in Slovakia in 1995. And nobody realized then what God was going to do next. God took this young lady by herself. Uh, of course, he was with her. We then sent her down to Bulgaria because we opened up a national office down there. And she went down there thinking we thought she might be down there for a couple years. She ended up living down there for 21 years. Praise the Lord. But this time, she's going to make a few comments. Okay. I had the um, honor of sharing today a little bit about what Peggy's work in the nation of Bulgaria. And Peggy worked in Bulgaria for 10 years. Um, I was privileged to be there during those 10 years and to work alongside of her. So as I was thinking about what I should say, um, I decided that I would just 
share some words that I would use to describe Peggy and her work in Bulgaria with you. Um, and here's some of what I came up with. Number one, which I think is something you probably wouldn't expect, but um, it's the word submissive. And when you know Peggy's personality, that's not the first thing you think of. <laughs> but, um, but let's just put this in the right perspective. Um, Peggy, first of all, had the blessings of her husband. Um, he went to every nation with her before she went there. He went to meetings with MTE in Eastern Europe from the beginning to make sure what he was letting his wife step into and that he was in agreement with it. Um, she always worked under the authority of MTE and, and the pastors where she was serving. Um, and most of all, she submitted her plans and her ideas um, to our Heavenly Father and sought his wisdom. The next thing that I would say, the next word that I chose is pioneer. Um, Eastern Europe was a really tough place to visit in those years. And children's ministry was just beginning in many churches. There was no materials, um, no trained teachers, and nobody to train them. Um, and you could add on top of that that um, women didn't minister in the churches. So she really plowed some hard ground and was a real pioneer. Um, my next word I chose is adventurous. <laughs> um, and those of you who've had the joy of spending any time around Peggy, you know that things always happen when Peggy is around. And um, Peggy not only traveled halfway across the world, but she spent hours on trains um, and traveling across countries. She um, often found water or electricity would just be out um, while she was there. And um, every trip had some story, every trip. The um, one special trip I remember, um, it's a trip to Budapest, Hungary. There was a tire that was blown. Um, there, Peggy almost lost her passport to a Hungarian police officer. <laughs> I can tell you more about that later. Just see me. Um, and most, but most importantly, um, the adventure always had people whose lives were touched and changed by our Lord, because Peggy never ceased to pray before, during, and after all her trips. And I want to show you just a few pictures. So this is our first picture. And um, over on the um, left-hand side is George Mihailov and his wife, Folly. And George is a pastor who served as um, our national for us in Bulgaria for 10 years with our ministry. And this was in the early years he actually visited here in Myrtle Grove. And this was some of the ladies that um, Peggy dragged over with her to Bulgaria during the years um, to serve. Not really drag them. They were all a real blessing. Here's a picture in, um, in Lovich, Bulgaria, where our office was based um, with Sunday school teachers there. And I'm sorry these are dark, but you have to remember that in those years, this was before we had great cameras or cell phones with cameras and things like that. Um, here's some typical Bulgarian transportation. <laughs> um, and this is Peggy with a lady that... Um, she brought over um, who had puppet ministry and created puppets and they actually taught people in Bulgaria how to make their own puppets. Um, so here, here we have one of those adventurous moments. Um, one Sunday morning Peggy was supposed to speak in the church and the electricity was off. So Peggy spoke by candlelight without a microphone. <laughs> Here's some other, um, just celebrating with some of the team that would come together to work, to write curriculum, do different things. Two of the first workers that um, 
our two first workers that worked with Peggy, actually translating um, curriculum that the Bulgarians were writing for Sunday school into English so that it could be reviewed here before we um, printed it. And here we have Peggy with, um, with her, two of her, her daughters. Um, they came over for what we called a family conference. Um, this was probably one of the highlights of Peggy's time in Bulgaria for her. <laughs> here we are visiting the capital of Sofia. Here's um, a picture again from the family conference. Peggy and her daughter sharing. And here just praying um, over some children. Every time um, Peggy ministered, there was always prayer over the children, over those around her. And um, as Peggy ended her 10 years, we had the privilege to um, give her a surprise. And so this is a lot of the ladies from across Bulgaria. I think there are at least seven different cities represented in this picture who helped write curriculum for Sunday schools and who um, came to share in sending her off. Okay. I have just um, very short time, so let me finish here. My, my fourth word um, today that I wanted to share is fruitful. Um, Peggy didn't just show up and share, but she organized teams of teachers. She trained them how to write curriculum. In a few years, they successfully put together Sunday school curriculum for the entire Old Testament and New Testament for both preschool and elementary ages. Um, they also produced um, a manual called Effective Children's Ministry for training teachers. And all these things um, were done in um, first Bulgarian, then English, and um, they were sent to Ukraine, as Val, mentioned. They were translated then there, and they were used there. All these materials are still used today in Bulgaria. Um, my next word is um, faithful. Peggy, um, you kept the faith. You stayed true to the course you were given. I am truly honored um, to have been a co-worker with you, to have come to know you as a dear friend. Um, you proved yourself to be true to the vision, a faithful servant of the Lord, and a faithful friend. Well done. Finally, I want to close with a message from Pastor George Mihailov that you saw in the first picture. I asked him if he would send something to, for me to share today. Um, and this is what he wrote. So Peggy, this is for you. Uh, Peggy is one of the most amazing women of God I've ever met in my life. It's an honor for Vali and I to know her. She's like a rainbow. In it, you can see a combination of an incredible charge of strength and an amazing um, humility and obedience to authority. To God, her husband, pastors. She's a great visionary and dreamer, a gentle and caring wife, mother, and grandmother, a unique ingenuity and creativeness. And at the same time, she's always encouraging to those around her to exercise and develop their gifts. She came to Bulgaria and managed to mobilize a whole army of ordinary Sunday school teachers and to train and inspire them to become the authors of the best textbooks for Sunday schools in the churches ever written in Bulgaria. With her, it is never boring. From the desert, she can make a heavenly garden and a prison to turn into a five-star hotel. We love you, Peggy, and we miss you so much. Joro and Bali. Thank you. Well, um, I'm sure most of you know that I'm the missions director here. Um, my name's Naomi, for those of you who maybe don't know me. And today I actually want to share 
a little bit um, about the impact that Peggy has had as missions director as she served as missions director here for many years. And that is when I first came to know her. So before I was missions director here, before we moved to Wilmington, my husband and I were missionaries on the field for 10 years. Um, and my husband actually grew up as a missionary kid and their family has been su supported by this church for uh, almost 30 years. So <clears throat> I first came to know Peggy as the missions director, um, and over the years I've come to know her at moments as a, as a second mom, um, as a mentor, and certainly as a great, great friend. Now it seems, as I look back, so many of those important moments, those important memories, as I look back, Peggy played a role. Now, for example, and Peggy and I have giggled about this recently, um, both of my boys, I have two boys who are 8 and 11, and um, as I went into labour with those boys, um, nobody knew but close family, but um, in the labour and delivery room, um, evidently both times, Dave, my husband would get a phone call and he'd be whispering like, Peggy, yes, we're in the hospital. Somehow she would know that I was there and she'd be calling and she'd be on the phone. Um, now with my sweet Emily, who's almost 10 months, now was, I think Emily was about 30 minutes old, maybe 40 minutes old before Peggy was in there with my sweet Benjamin singing her happy birthday. So as I say, those important moments, Peggy's there. Um, and I want to go back to my first recollections of Peggy. Um, I remember my mother-in-law, Mary, calling giddy with excitement back at the beginning of 2008. And she was telling me, Peggy's called, Peggy's called, and she wants to pay for the Tepper family to all fly to Wilmington. Now, this is a huge deal when you're a family that's a missionary family. So one, there's no funds to do this kind of thing. And two, you're in three different nations. Um, and Peggy had this thing, she wanted to fly the Tepper family in Yes, to speak in church. Yes, to share at a missions event. But to bring the family together, that the family could vacation and be together. Now, I'm thinking as missions director, if I went and proposed to the missions team, I see a few of you here, and said, hey, let's just pay and put the funds out to bring the family home. Like, that, that was a brave thing to do. But she wasn't just being extravagant. She wasn't just, she'd heard the Lord's heart. She'd heard the Lord and stepped out in faith. And she knew that that was what God was calling her to. And that's what um, was going to be important. And indeed it was. Because as we think back, and we have some photos from that time that Bethany actually took that are really precious to us as, as a family. Because that was actually... Um, the last time that we were together in such a beautiful, carefree, wonderful vacation, and next time we were together as a family was at Mary's bedside in Madrid um, when she was waiting to have her brain surgery. Um, and then you know, the brain, a brain tumour that led to her, her eventual death. So it's absolute precious time. Um, but that was the Lord's heart. She heard him, and no matter how crazy or whatever it was that she knew the God, Lord was calling her to, she would never fear. She would just steps out, and she continues to to do what she knows is going to be a blessing to others. Um, she thinks outside of the box. She doesn't fear other people, which is absolutely huge in our culture today. Now, after eight years on the mission field, I was um, living in community. We'd been living in community, a men's community, and we'd gone and as support leaders um, in a supportive role and um, as a married couple. And then, you know, eight years later, we have two little boys and we're running the whole show, running the church, running the community. And I was really exhausted and burnt out. Um, and rarely had time to myself and certainly didn't have any girl time. And Peggy saw me and met me and she saw that and she saw the need. And she planned a trip to go to Madrid to do, lead a women's conference to lead through theatre which I have a background in theatre and I'm not sure how much she planned that around um, she knew that I needed to be on that trip so she invited me and she went uh, we went together Margot is Margot here was on that trip also um, and during that trip was when um, I laughed like I'd not laughed in years um, that was when I learned to laugh again. Um, so I remember in the 
I'm sorry. I share this, it seems almost indulgent, but what I'm sharing is because what she's done for me, she's done for so many. The impact that she's had on my life, she's had on so many, especially women in mission, she's had such a huge impact. But I remember in the van on the way down from Madrid, down to Malaga, and um, just belly laughing like I'd never, I hadn't in years and years, and just realizing how important that was and uh, what a turning point it was for my life. Um, after we had our house fire that later that year again, Peggy was there, she was on the phone, she was providing for us, she was um, loving us and stepping out. Now, it's been an, an absolute joy since moving to Wilmington, as well, again, to spend time with Peggy. There's been tears, there's been sadness, there's been joy, but, but most of all, there's been lots of laughter. Um, now, I share these stories today, as I said, because personal stories of the impact that Peggy's had as missions director, as friend upon my life, but she's had it on many others. I see Rissa sitting next to Peggy, and I know Rissa and I have chatted, and the support that Peggy's shown to Rissa and her family, um, it's been invaluable. It's um, incalculable. Um, for Valia, I know as well, um, if I think of uh, the Oringa ministry and I think of peace, she would not be serving and having the impact that she is in Oringa amongst the Oringa people today if it wasn't for Peggy, one, um, bringing her into that role, but also her support, her encouragement, her exhortation, her, um, and two, um, peace, Peggy's fondly known as, as mum. I know there's many in this room, I'm sure that you could attest to the impact that Peggy has had upon your life and how deserving she is of the honour that we seek to, to give her today. So can we just get, stop a moment and just give Peggy a big round of applause. We have something we want to present to Peggy. Um, you know, when you, when you serve in missions and you serve in ministry for your life, uh, you do all this as unto the Lord, there's no doubt about it. But it, it, uh, uh, there's no way you can ever say you do it alone. And I, I, I can never say that, and for sure I know Peggy says the same thing. Uh, we know we're here honoring a servant, but also we're also honoring the Lord. Because the Bible does say when you, when, you, when you bring fruit before the Lord, it brings glory to his name. Uh, we have a special presentation we're going to do now. Um, for 30 plus years of mission service, this is written in tongues. <laughs> uh, I heard you're a spirit-filled church. We're going to find out right now. It's Russian. Uh, our ministry established an office in Ukraine called the Institute for the Development of Christian Leadership. And from that, uh, today, it runs 35 Bible schools, undergraduate, master's level, and PhD level over there, in which they've, they've just, it's still moving on today. And the great thing about that today in all these countries, it's all going on today by nationals. Uh, we haven't retired, but we've passed everything on to them. And for 30 plus years of service, Ms. Peggy Laney, in missions ministry, we hereby present to you an honorary doctorate diploma of missions from the Institute of Development of Christian Leadership of Ukraine. So we want them to know that they have a faithful student living in Wilmington, North Carolina. And with that, we're going we're gonna to do something else here uh, that because she likes to use props. We have a special, to present a, to present a diploma, you have to have a special <laughs> cap and gown. So I travel a few times with Peggy. I, I promise I will never do it again. Uh, I made a mistake one time of letting her take my suitcase. I will not tell you that story. But this is an official doctorate diploma from the Ukraine that that school bestows upon their students. Please get a photo of this, somebody. You can bribe her later. And so, you get, can you get through there? From there? Does it go? Does it fit? There we go. There we go. All right. It fits. But anyway, 
just stretch your hands this way. We're going to pray for her and just bless her, please, at this moment. Father, we thank you for your servant. We thank you, Lord, that you're the one that calls. You're the one that really does all this, does everything, all the workers of you. We're simply the vessel. Lord, I thank you for Ike and her family, your daughters, Margaret and Bethany, the grandchildren. Father, we thank you for the heritage of the Lord. Father, I thank you for Myrtle Grove in this church, for raising up many others here, Lord, and sending them forth. And Father, that she represents one of many that you are sending forth from here. You have sent, and you are still sending today and in the future. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, right now for this servant, for her husband, her family. We, Father, we ask you to enrich her with grace, with great peace and health, and all areas of life. We just speak blessings upon her. And we, Father, we give you the honor and we give you all the praise. And, Father, we just glorify your Son, Jesus Christ, because without him, none of this would be possible. And to that, we say thank you, Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen? Thank you so much. I'm, I'm going to let her make a few comments. you have a mic? you got a mic? Did I have it here? What did I do with the mic? There it is. Sure. Thank you for putting up with me for all these years. I just want to say, when I was 10 years old, I went to Bible camp. My family was kind of a mess. And... Um, I laid on the floor all by myself and I gave my life to missions. And then I thought I missed God because I got married early and had three kids and was working, teaching Sunday school and doing everything that I could do because I had missed God. I had missed Him. I wasn't serving Him as a missionary. And then in the perfect timing, when God's word goes forth and intersects with his will, I found that I was completely prepared to do whatever it was that he wanted me to do. My children were the right age. My marriage was next to perfect. And I had all the training that I needed to do what God was sending me to do. And then my husband led me to this church at Ascending Church, and I give God all the glory. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Uh, please allow me two, two minutes. I, I apologize for going over... Because I had, a, I had a prophetic word, I believe, for the church here. And I just want to obey the Lord in that, if I may, please. Let me give you a verse here from John 15, uh, starting in verse 8. When you produce much fruit, this is, a, this is a word to this house. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. And then verse 16. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I've appointed you, Myrtle Grove. I've appointed you, Myrtle Grove. I've appointed you, Myrtle Grove, to go. Your time of season is not finished. It is not over, but to go and to produce lasting fruit. See that word, lasting fruit? I just came, I spent a month in Ukraine and Poland for, during the month of November. I just came back from there. One of the churches that... We've had an honor to participate with the Sasa Ozuruga. As you know, Peggy, you and I have been working with them for many years. This is a church that came out of communism uh, that's in a very... Inflation today in Ukraine is 400%. Don't complain about the price of gas. There's just $7 a gallon. They're trying to live off $200 a month and just put food on the table now. But in spite of all that, the church is growing. You know why? Because God, in persecution, God brings forth the very best sometimes. But in this one church, this is some of the fruit that this church has had upon another church. That church today, for the first time in its history, and the first time of its own city, has a full-time daycare and a full-time Christian school operating right now because of the things you did here. 
They've written curriculum in their own language, taught by their own instructors. They bring in national people from all around Ukraine and other nations today to teach them the things you put into them from here. That brings great glory to our Father. I want you to hear that. Why am I here to tell you that? Because none of us take any glory for this. All this glory goes to Him. But also, I want to assure you, Myrtle Grove Church, your work is not yet finished. That God is raising up a generation in this house, and they're already present, and the missional calling is still here in the house. And God is calling an older generation to sow and to water upon that next generation and to spend much time in prayer and the prophetic word and begin to speak those things that you do not see as though they were. And God will raise up a new generation and send them forth in your city, in your county, in this state, and to other nations. And he will bring forth great things in his kingdom for his glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'll let you pray. Thank you very much. I don't even know if I ought to even be up here at this point. Let me just pray. I just, I just sense a prophetic prayer. I just... Listen, Horace, help me get filled with the Spirit. It's your fault. I'm sorry. Father, right now, I thank you, Lord, for just bringing us together at such a time as this. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that remind us that we didn't choose you. You chose us. And we said yes to us. And, Lord, you're the one who orders all time. And you're the one that orders all nations for a certain time to do a certain work. And, Lord, I declare that you have placed us into this earth for such a time as this. And, Father, we just speak your prophetic word over this house. Father, you will stir up the gifts that are in this house. And, you will, Father, you will raise up a generation and send them forth to do great works in your name. And now, Lord, we commission all things unto you. And, Lord, let your glory, let your will, let your kingdom come now. And let it be glorified in your name, Lord. So, Father, right now, we bless the house. We bless the rising generation. Father, we thank you for the generations of the past that paid much great price. But also, Lord, let them realize that the work is not yet finished. So now, Lord, let them be those who can encourage and release the next generation, not to try to control them, but to release them, Lord, into the things of use. So, Father, we just now, Father, we honor you. Father, I bless this house, and I thank you for all the seed and all the water they've sown through the years, that you will bring forth great fruit for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody agreed, said amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor.